portamento. <laughs> so that, <laughs> <laughs> that just cracked me up. <laughs> Are we breaking that? For some reason, <laughs> that just struck me funny. I tickled your funny bone. <laughs> I don't know why. Hey, Prog fans. Welcome to yet another episode of the Ultimate Prog Podcast Project. My name is Tony, and I'm joined today by... Lee. And Craig. We are three friends and prog aficionados here to talk about the history and the craft of progressive music while sprinkling in our always unvarnished opinions of the music and the personalities that make this genre so great. You can find us on X and Instagram at UP3Show or on Mastodon at the at UP3Show at Mastodon.social server. You can also find us on our homepage at UP3Show.com. And if you'd like to reach out to us and let us know what you think of the show, you can email us at UP3Show at gmail.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on our podcast page at UP3Show.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This will make sure that you never miss an episode and promotes the show on that platform so that other prog fans can find the show. Well, I'll start with you, Craig. How have you been doing? I just retired. Yay! Yay! It, it's possible. It can happen. Congratulations, man. You know, our demographic resonates with that particularly. Yes. <laughs> 90% are like, it's about time. Yeah. Well, I was keeping you. <laughs> or I never held a job, actually. There's could be that. That's the other side, right? <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it was kind of weird. I didn't have anything to do Thursday and Friday, but didn't really feel retired yet. I feel retired now. I woke up this morning, and uh, here I am. There you go. This is the closest thing I have to gainful employment. Uh-oh. <laughs> and this is not gainful, folks, let me tell you. So what does retirement hold for you, man? Lots of jazz, I presume. A lot of music. Got a lot of projects I want to do. Probably do a little volunteering. I don't know. Yeah. I, got, I have a bunch yeah. of retired friends that... uh they do a, a bike ride twice a week. Oh, cool. Nice. I think I'm going to go to breakfast at Snooze on Monday, and not a whole lot. Mostly music is going to be the main thing. Well, you know, you might get beat up by the Gen Z people that are, like, struggling so hard with cost of living and everything. They'd be like, you boomer asshole. Oh, man. Yeah, you screwed up the world for us, and now you're just retiring, living off Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, congratulations, man. I'm really happy for Definitely. you. Definitely. Congratulations, man. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. How about you, Lee? What have you been up to? Yeah, not retiring. Uh, working for the man. Yeah, still breaking rocks at the gravel pit. <laughs> Work has just been crazy. We're getting ready for this major product launch on February 20th. So there's a lot of very full days and even a little bit of weekends, which is uh, definitely scratching my retirement itch. <laughs> but that's most of it, just working away. Yeah, same here. I actually came back from the holidays and immediately back into the grind. I've yeah. already been on one business trip in January. I'm about to head on another one next week. So I think February and March are going to be a little quieter. We have the cruise coming up in March, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a lot of that kind of business travel. Yes. On that note, Craig, I'll come back to you. What have you been listening to since last month? I have the Tiny Fish CD in my car. I'm really digging it. Really enjoying it. In the jazz world, I'm getting turned on to a guy named Benny Golson. Hmm. 
did a song called Killer Joe that a lot of people probably have heard, even if you don't realize it. I'm applying to go to Stanford Piano Jazz Camp this summer. And there's a Benny Golson deep track called Whisper Not. So I got to learn that. Check him out. He's a sax player and really, really tasty stuff. Very cool. What about you, Lee? What have you been listening to? I have been listening to two albums. The first is the new Caligula's Horse, Charcoal Grace. Really, really good album. Very good production. It reminds me a lot more of Bloom than Arise Radiant. Mm. It's definitely got a lot more acoustic work in it. And they still do the same good prog metal. So good release. And I've also been listening to Steve Wilson, the Harmony Codex in depth. Ooh, is it good? You can definitely see a focus of all of his solo works coming together in this one release. It's also very clear to me why he is such a great musician, because the guy can take any concept, it can be knocking on a table, and he can turn that into a song. Wow. There are examples of that all over this release. He's got a slew of great guest musicians on this, like Craig Bundell, Sam Fogarino, Michael Ackerfeld, Roland Arthurball from Tears for Fears, even Nanette Tayeb makes a return. Is Holtzman still his keyboard player? Yes, Adam Holtzman's still playing with him, yep. You know, Adam Holtzman has so much history. Yeah. That'd be fun to do like a bootleg on him. Now that I have time, maybe I'll do that. There you go. Interesting. Yeah, for me, it's been two things kind of weirdly as well. And one of them is definitely not prog. In my Spotify recommendations, there was this playlist that popped up called 80s Road Trip. It's all of this 80s pop rock, Hmm. Berlin and things like that. And that's just kind of fun. And mostly I have been listening to it Because when I take my daughter to school for carpool, it just irritates her. And that brings me a small amount of schadenfreude (laughs) and pleasure. The other thing that I've been more seriously listening to and really trying to analyze and being stumped is Peter Gabriel's I.O. And specifically trying to listen to the dark side and light side mixes and really pick them apart. Mm -hmm. There are definitely places where I can do that, but they really largely sound the same. Mm. Interesting. Content-wise, I would say they're virtually identical. Like, the run times are even the same. Okay. Is, like, one Dolby 5.1 and the other one something else? So I have three different mixes of this record in the version that I bought. I have the bright side mix, the dark side mix, and then something they call the inside mix. Mm -hmm. And the inside mix is 5.1, and it is stellar. But on just binaural speakers, I can't really tell the two apart terribly much. Hmm. Okay. Lee, what do you have in the way of news and new releases? Well, unfortunately, I have to start here. Gleb Kolyadin, the master keyboardist behind the band I Am The Morning, he has been detained by immigration authorities in Thailand after playing a concert with the band BI2. What? They are a Belarusian band and have been very vocal against the Ukrainian war. And it is strongly suspected that Putin is behind this and that the ultimate goal is to get Gleb and this band back to Russia for detention and possibly punishment. Wow. Putin has done this before to a number of Russians that live overseas, including NHL hockey players that are currently on visas. And so the message is, whatever you do, don't speak out against my war or else. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a lot of people feverishly working on this to get them freed. But in the meantime, Mariana Semkina, the vocalist from I in the Morning, she has started a Change.org petition 
And we will have a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Please consider going online and signing it, even contributing to help get the word out. We need to keep Gleb and other artists out of this kind of political turmoil. And we need to stand up to the authoritarians and the wannabe authoritarians. Mm. Okay, so new Caligula's horse, we just talked about that. Charcoal Grace literally came out just a couple of days ago. Kairos, their next album, Mannequin, will be out February 2nd. So I don't know if you guys saw Shelby yes. from Kairos is going to be on the cruise. I didn't know that. I yeah. saw that Shelby had been at NAM, and yeah. so she's been posting a couple things there, but that's good to hear. She's contributing to Late Night Live, so she's going to be one oh, of the pros. Awesome. That, yeah. How cool is that? I'd love to talk to Shelby. That's going to yeah. be awesome. So she'll be around. Pineapple Thief, it leads to this. That will be out February 9th, and they've done a preview called Frost. Steve Hackett, The Circus and the Night Whale, that comes out February 16th, and he'll be on the boat, so I think we're going to get to hear part of this. Jim Matheos and Ray Alder of Fate's Warning. Just as soon as they announced there would be no new Fate's Warning music, they announced a new project called North Sea Echoes, and their debut album is going to be called Really Good, Terrible Things. So that's coming out February 23rd, and I'm super excited because I did not want to see Fate's Warning go away. Big Big Train is going to release their new album, The Likes of Us, March 1st, and this is with the new singer Alberto Bravin. Nice. Whom Gods Destroy, the prog metal supergroup, they are going to release their new album, Insanium, on March 15th, and they released a preview track just a couple weeks ago called In the Name of War, and I was thoroughly impressed with it. I'm thinking this is the effort to save what's left of Sons of Apollo. Mm, mm-hmm. Now that Mike Portnoy is going back to Dream Theater, it has the same core lineup to build on with Derek Sherinian and Bumblefoot. New Frost is coming out sometime in 2024. Jem yeah. did a post on Facebook. The album will be called Life in the Wires. And they are going back to what I consider as a core lineup with Craig Blundell on drums and Nathan John and Jem. Nice. And... Jem said to expect at least 80 minutes of music. So Jesus. They're going to build that CD all the way up, man. Those Godfreys are prolific. And in that vein, John Mitchell has announced that he is taking over guitar duties on the Dave Cross Band, replacing Jonathan Casey. Hmm. And they have a new big project that's in the works, but what it is yet, not entirely clear. Oh. Rick Wakeman has announced a farewell tour, and he says this is it. He's um, he's done. I saw this as well. His most recent farewell tour. Yeah, I know. This is his newest <laughs> farewell tour. So that kicks off March 15th with UK dates. Robert Fripp and David Singleton, the old manager for King Crimson, yeah. have announced a series of dates that is just Q&A on music and the making of music. I saw this as well. That sounds really interesting. It kicks off February 23rd. It is all California dates. It's called Englishmen Abroad. So for you Frit fans, there you go. Stephen Wilson has remixed The Missing Piece by Gentle Giant. I got to tell you, that actually is my favorite Gentle Giant album. I love that album, so I can't wait to hear this. It is already out on Burning Shit. I just have not bought it yet. Oh, wow. And Stephen Wilson is going to remix a very obscure album by Jethro Tull called The Chateau de Roville Sessions that I actually know nothing about. I know. I don't know what this release is, but it will be available March 15th. 
And finally, I just want the listeners to know that we have Cruise to the Edge coming up March 8th through the 13th with a pre-show on March 7th that we're all getting very excited about. Who's going to be on the pre-show, Lee? Steve Morris Band, District 97, and Marvin are the three I know of so far, which we are all thoroughly excited about. Marvin is so cool. Marvin is awesome. They're just wonderful to watch them. You know, they did the show with us last boat cruise, the pre-show. Mm-hmm. And then we went outside to go get pizza or something. And they're sitting on the <laughs> street front with acoustic instruments jamming with people. Yeah. It was it, They're just great. It's so cool. So we're going to get to float around Ocho Rios and the Grand Cayman listening to the likes of Marillion and Steve Hackett and Flying Colors and Big Big Train. So we are going to take the next couple of episodes and bring you a small taste of what Cruise to the Edge 2024 is like. And if you're going on the cruise, we would love to see you there. We might even have our shirts on, so look for us. There you go. And we might have some swag to give you. Yeah. Yeah. If you are on the boat, find us. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah, definitely find us. And that's what I got for news. Yeah, I have a couple to throw in there. One that Aryan Lucasen has announced a new project that he's paired with Robert Sutterbeck. Okay, hold on. What's our time? <laughs> this is a project called Lucasen and Soderbeck's Plan 9. They have an album coming called The Long Lost Songs. They've released a single called Before the Morning Comes. The single is Blues Country. <laughs> a lot of the normal people that are in Aryan's orbit are on this, but it's like a blues country kind of track. I don't know if the entire album is going to sound like this. yippee ki Yep. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and then the other little thing that just popped up on Instagram is like a side comment from Einar Solberg of Leprous. He made just a brief allusion in one of his posts that there will be new Leprous soon, that he's finishing up in the studio. So that's good news for yeah, us Leprous fans that. as well. So hopefully that, that comes out soon as well. Yep. All right. So, Craig, what do you have for us this month that's unheard of? I had a couple of choices of what to do. Now that I'm retired, I can do more. <laughs> now that I'm retired, I can do a bunch of them. And it's going to be short. This is going to be a quickie. A friend of mine shared a link with me yesterday that I just thought was really funny, and it was a band called Small Town Titans. Oh, wow. And they're from York, Pennsylvania. I kind of have a little bit of an affinity for York, Pennsylvania, because when I was in college, I went skydiving in York, Pennsylvania, and I did it to impress a girl, and we'll just leave that story there. <laughs> Some days over beer, I'll tell you the whole thing. But anyway, Small Town Titans, I'm going to share my screen and also audio so you can hear this. They have this thing that they do called Will It Riff? And what they do is they use barcodes from popular items as guitar tab. What? <laughs> Will It Riff? Heinz tomato ketchup. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought that was coolish. I thought I had to show totally that to you guys. That's really funny. So if you're ever in, you know, South Central PA, Southeast PA, check out Small Town Titans. It's three young guys. Their bass player is also their singer. He's got a great voice. I'll find all their relevant information and throw it in the show notes. Yeah, listeners, don't just listen. Go watch the link in the show notes. Awesome. 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 <laughs> That's pretty cool. 
with that, let's go hear Lee's thesis about jazz metal. The three of us are always texting and talking about what's going on, where's the leading edge of Prague. And I've had a theory going for a little while that the leading edge right now in Prague belongs to bands like Arch Echo and Outrun the Sunlight. And this summer, I decided to dive deeper on this and go look for more bands that play in this kind of a style. So I did what any good internet nerd would do and went to Reddit. And I started asking around, who else listens to Arch Echo? What do you listen to that sounds similar? Same thing with Outrun the Sunlight. And in response, you're going to get this list that's like, ooh, try this, and I really like this band, and a good portion of the time you're going to miss. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, I'd hit one that'd be really good in the same style. Mm-hmm. And over time, I grew this little subreddit community of people that were interested in the same thing I was doing. And shout out to Skirty420, to Lilypad Thai, to Delucasit, Icon Read, there's a few of us that got into this. And I ended up being able to more clearly define the attributes of the style and what I like about it and what separates it from other prog genres. And now not only do I consider it the leading edge of prog, I consider it a subgenre of prog as well. Similar to something like, you'd say, math metal or kraut rock or something like that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is a composition and playing style that I think since 2011 has really exploded and more and more bands are doing it. Cool. And I call it jazz metal comprised of bands like Archeco. Intervals. Plenty. Modern day Babylon. Scale the summit. It's great stuff. I love it. And it's really about all I listened to since last May, I'd say. But let's start by defining this. Let's talk about what it is and what it isn't. First and foremost, no vocals, no lyrics. <laughs> so I like it already. <laughs> yeah, and nothing against vocalists out there. I love vocalists. I love stories. But it leads to a very different kind of songwriting. If you're a band like Dream Theater with a vocalist, mm-hmm. most of your songs are going to be built as a story structure that the vocalist and the lyrics have to tell. And the music works around that. Mm-hmm. 
In jazz metal, it's really a lot like prog jazz or fusion, where the melody lines and the chord structures are what has to tell the story. And that frees you up to use other song structures besides just verse-chorus. You can use ABC, ABCA. You're not as locked down like you are in rock or prog rock. And you have to have a melody, strong hook somewhere. Yep. Oh, yeah. You still have to have a strong melody or the whole thing just falls apart. Yeah, a strong Mm -hmm. melody motif. Yep. Right. The second key point about the jazz metal style is it contains very heavy prog jazz elements. And here's an example from Marchego. This is Stella from the album You Won't Believe What Happens Next. Beautiful song. Yeah, can we just not record the rest of the yeah, episode and instead just, just listen to that Archeco. album? Because, <laughs> yeah. I could do Archeco all day long. Yeah. Very open jazz style, halftime on the drums and bass, comping underneath. In this case, it's a rhythm mm-hmm. guitar. Mm-hmm. But it could be keyboards. And the chords he's playing aren't just straight major minors. I heard some major sevenths in there. And right. there's probably some extensions and blah, blah, blah. Yep, exactly. Built on a very heavy jazz foundation. But now take that open prog jazz styling, and we start to add prog metal elements in. And this example is from the band Intervals. The track is Sure Shot from the album The Shape of Colors. So the first half of that clip is very heavy prog metal. Gent guitar, lots of unison lines, very heavy drums. Mm -hmm. But the second half of that clip, if you just pulled the solo guitar out, that's very much a prog jazz sound and feel. Definitely some weird mode. Right, some interesting mode or scale. But even in the second half of that clip, the foundation underneath is still very much prog metal. The drums are following the bass line. The metal tuning on the guitars. Right, drop tuning. Could be drop D, C, maybe even lower. And now it's a foundation that can switch back and forth at will between prog jazz and prog metal. And that's one of the biggest differentiators in this jazz metal style. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things that jumps out at me, for lack of a better word, it's airier. Hmm. With a lot of Dream Theater or other prog metal, it's much more frenetic and high tempo. And these tend to be slightly slower and more airy. It's not as dense in the mix. They leave some space, and there's some dynamics. Yeah. Well, we are certainly going to get into some crazier, denser stuff. But yeah, for the most part, I think you're right. It does leave some space. Next component of the style is heavy, heavy virtuosity. And for my example, I'm going to play a little bit of an unusual band for you. Thank you. 
I like that. What band is that? It's a killer band. It's called Seven for Four. Okay. And the song is called Russian. Even in that sample, maybe it's part of how it gets mixed when you don't have a vocal line, mm-hmm. but there still ends up being space in there. Yes. And coming from the metal world, a lot of metal heads gravitate towards classical, and there's that real focus on virtuosity, high tempo. And as we've said before, when you get really proficient people in a room together and they start to riff, that's how we got from pop or standard rock into prog. I think when you get people of that ilk together and they start jamming, that's where the jazz element comes from. And so I think it's a natural extension for prog metal people to eventually go in that jazzy direction and for something like what you're talking about here to pop out. Yeah, I think of it in a slightly different way is if you're just the guy at the Holiday Inn playing Barry Manilow tunes or, uh, come on, who's the guy I really want to use as an example? Michael Bolton? No. Rod No, who's the guy that, (laughs) the oboist? Oh, Kenny G. Kenny G, thank you. And you're just playing stuff like that. He's actually got good chops, but that's... He, he uh, does. I think what happens over time is you get bored out of your mind. No, totally. You and so to. you, you start to. playing jazz riffs or you hear some guy doing sevenths and suspended chords and you're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. So I think it does naturally gravitate to more virtuosity yeah. over time just because you're a professional in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the last element I put in here is... Sudden changes. And I'm not entirely sold on that because it's not in every song, but it does show up in some songs. And let me give you an example. This is Monomyth by Animals as Leaders from the album Parisia. So definitely has a quality of mm-hmm. how in the hell did he do that? <laughs> yeah. So to put it all together, stylistically, what makes up jazz metal? No vocals or lyrics, different combinations of prog jazz and prog metal elements, heavy virtuosity, and then in some cases, sudden changes. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, I'm calling this a prog subgenre. Okay, cool. So if you look at a branching tree of prog across the top is prog rock, Prog metal, prog jazz. And then it starts branching into subgenres like art rock or symphonic metal or metalcore or even math metal. Did you say meth metal? Math metal, M A T H. Oh, sorry. Meth metal is a thing too, but that's nickelback. (laughs) (laughs) How does this differ from prog rock? Because prog rock also has a lot of the things that you've just outlined. Yeah. Like changes in tempo and space and all that stuff. No vocals, no lyrics. The storytelling has to be in the melodies and the chord progressions, not in a vocalist and lyrics, very much like prog jazz is. Mm -hmm. Heavy bottom end like prog metal with chant guitars, drop tuning, double bass lines, and in general, just a lot of unison lines on the bottom end. You don't really hear those kind of unison lines in prog rock. Hmm. I agree. Let's also talk about how jazz metal differs from progressive jazz. In jazz metal, I think you take the prog jazz styling and you merge it more with a prog metal styling. So you get much heavier drumming in jazz metal than you do in prog jazz. Mm -hmm. And I have examples of that. 
And Prague Jazz really lacks the low-end driving element, especially in long solos. Okay. And I also think it's less about complex chords. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear them every now and then, but I think it's less about ninths, thirteenths, those four and five note chords that you get. Yeah, they call them extensions. Extensions, because it's really hard to do those kind of voicings on a heavily distorted guitar. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's going to get lost. It gets lost and it gets built up on top of all these harmonics with the distortion to where you really can't tell what the chord is anymore. The other really big thing that I think is worth pointing out that I didn't realize until I started immersing myself in this is jazz is what you just said. Yeah, yep. It's very much about improvisation. So there's a heavy emphasis on every version of the song is going to be different by definition. Okay. You play the melody, which could be like from a Broadway show or whatever. Yeah. And you play that through once. So the chords that underlie that are the changes. The rhythm section repeats those chords, and whoever is soloing jams over that as many times as they want. Right. Until they're done. And when Craig jams, it's going to sound different than when Tony jams. Absolutely. Yeah, got it. And that's the intent. And from gig to gig, it sounds different too, Yeah, from set to set even. Yep. I saw two shows in New York a couple weeks ago, and they played the same song twice, and it was different each time. Right. I agree with that. And I think one of the biggest differences that comes into this is there is still room for that improvisation, but there is also a lot of built-in structure that gets played by the entire band. And that structure tends to often be the prog metal piece. Not always, but often. Right. Okay, that's cool. But let's start playing some examples and hear the differences rather than just talking about it. Mm -hmm. You know, a summary of this whole discussion about style is if you look at a prog family tree, I think jazz metal sits in between and just below prog jazz and prog metal. That is a fine thesis. And, you know, to your point earlier, Lee, this is still, I'll use the word, a nascent subgenre. Right. And so I think depending on the influences of a particular band, you might see it pulling more towards jazz. Oh, yeah. Or pulling more towards the metal side. I think that's true of a lot of subgenres, but I totally agree with that. I think when one band does it, it's going to have a different sound than another band does it. But it's been around long enough now that these stylistic components we've been talking about have gelled and they're consistent. Right. Cool. Given Craig's definition of jazz just a moment ago, there's one band that comes to mind immediately called Dark Buddha Rising. Okay. They are definitely metal, but they're very building and atmospheric. The word I've used before is brooding. So they go through the same motif three or four times in the same track. But each time they come back to the motif, there's like a slight twist on it. And so I'm wondering if you have thoughts on where that dividing line would be with jazz. Well, for me personally, it comes down to the listening test. And that's what we did a lot this summer was two or three friends. We kind of got to know each other and started these subreddits. Mm -hmm. And we would go poke people. We would go onto Reddit and start a thread and say, hey, list some bands that you listen to that are similar to Outrun the Sunlight. Hmm. And these people would pipe in and they might say, oh, go listen to Dark Buddha Rising. Yeah. And then my friends and I would all jump in and kind of say, yeah, for this reason or no, really not. I don't think so because of this. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I just want to be 100% clear here. I am not trying to claim to be some kind of expert on this. I just really fell in love with the genre, started listening to it over and over and dissected it. Yep. You know, so all opinions are valid. My opinion isn't any more valid than anyone else. Just saying that up front. 
Sure, and that's fine. And so I guess my point is you did a, a tremendous job of saying this is how it differentiates itself from these other subgenres. Mm-hmm. But I am very interested, too, of like what are you saying it has to pull from them to be in this new subgenre? Well, let's do this. Let me play a few, and let's start talking about the okay. history here. And let's see sure. if I answer that as we go. Yeah, I'm sure you probably will. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> so I'm just going to say before I start into this, Listeners, here's a whole bunch of bands that have really landed for me in this style. I'm going to probably miss a band that maybe you like at home because it's easy to do. And if I did and you're all pissed off, please DM me because I'd really like to get into, you know, oh, you missed this and you missed this and that'd be great. Mm -hmm. So I think this starts with Liquid Tension Experiment in 1998. Perfect. And I'm just going to start by playing the song first. If you play Rhapsody in Blue, you have to do the whole one. No way. That's the whole show. I'm okay with that. I actually like that track. It's a great version. I'm going to play The Passage of Time from LTE3. So in the first half of that clip, very open structure, lots of soloing, comping on the piano and bass and drums underneath. Mm-hmm. So that's similar to the jazz structure that we're going to start talking about. Not really jazz in this case, because Portnoy plays it a little more like a rock style. But still, in the first half, very, very close to a jazz structure. Then in the second half of that clip, it transitions to heavy prog metal styling. Heavy unison lines for the entire band. Heavy bottom end and drumming. If the soloing in that jazz section is the freer part, then it comes back to that anchor with the prog metal and the heavier structure. Mm -hmm. So I think Liquid Tension Experiment sets the template for jazz metal and what will come. And other bands will add a lot more prog jazz to it. Mm. If you were to take the Alien and you pull the vocals out, do you think that's a candidate for an LTE album? No. Oh, God, no. And what is it about that? I think the writing style for something like The Alien is so different than it is for something LTE would do. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the story in the song is built around the lyrics and the vocalist, and the verses and chorus have to fit that. Whereas an LTE song is really built a lot more around the melody, the soloing, and the chord progressions, very much like a jazz construct, like Craig was talking about. I agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit there. Okay. I also think that when people are writing songs together, a lot of times songs start as improvisations. Right. Absolutely. You get a bunch of guys in the studio, and it's like, all right, so we're going to play these chords for a little while, and Bob, you're going to jam over it, and then Fred, you're going to jam. And if any of the bits sound good, you know, we'll keep them. Yeah, no, you stop and you go, wait, wait, Craig, what was that? What did you just play? Yeah, that was great, man. Let's, uh, let's Hit record. make sure we do that. That was great. Yep. That's going to go here. Yeah. So the next band that continues in this musical style is called Scale the Summit. They start in 2004 from Houston, Texas. It's anchored by a guitarist named Chris Letchford, and they're still very active today. They have seven studio albums out. And I'm going to play a song from them called Odyssey from the album The Migration.
the jet part of that sounds like that could be a Meshuggah record. Okay. And I very much get the metal part of it there. And then I like the little arpeggiating part. Another good example from them is a song called Neon Tombs from the album In a World of Fear. That one stays pretty heavy the whole way through it. I like that one better, if we're doing the A-B comparison. Scale the Summon is a great band. Really like them a lot. They have an album called Subjects, where they put vocalists back in, and they asked guest vocalists to come sing. So Ross Jennings is on one, Mike Semisky. And what's weird is, those start to sound like Haken to me. <laughs> it also gives more credence to like me wanting Haken without a vocalist. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> Animals as Leaders starts in here. This is 2007. Now, I'm assuming everybody here knows Animals as Leaders. I know you guys know them. Five studio albums, Tosin Abasi, man, just killer guitarists. I would say if you are listening to our podcast episode and you don't know who Animals as Leaders are, pause this episode, go listen to Animals as Leaders, and then come back in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome stuff. Tosin Abasi, Javier Reyes, Matt Garska, incredible band. This song's a little bit earlier styling for them called Physical Education from the album The Joy of Motion. Killer drumming in that, but you can definitely hear in the first yep. a little more freedom to solo, and in the second half of that, a lot more structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of times with Animals as Leaders where I just want to go, no, that's just prog metal. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of go back and forth on Animals as Leaders a little bit. Sometimes I think they have the jazz elements, sometimes I think they don't. Having seen Animals as Leaders a few times live, I think that it goes back to Craig's definition. I don't think I've heard them play exactly note for note the same version of the song live that is on the record. That's probably true. They always leave a place for the solo, and that's probably where it's different. So like the song we just heard, the that's the same every time. It kind of has to be... That's the structure, right. And then that stops, and he'll come in and go, and solo. Yeah. And there's definitely a form in there. Yeah, exactly. And he's a great soloist. Oh, I mean, he's got a lot of yeah, amazing taste. guitarist. Yeah. And now it's 2010 and Polyphia forms. And I put early Polyphia in this musical style. They start out of Plano, Texas, one of my old stomping grounds. And by the way, leading up to this, this whole thing has been American bands with one exception, seven for four. But coming soon, that American dominance will go away. But we'll get to that. Back to Polyphia. Four studio albums, several EPs. Tim Henson and Scott LePage are just two of my favorite guitarists. Mm-hmm. 
I think Polyphia started in this jazz metal styling a lot more and has really moved away from it into something that I've already described once, but I don't have a word for it yet. So here, I'm going to play something from an earlier album. This is Champagne from the album Muse. And this is more the jazz metal styling. Now, on that one, you can definitely hear one styling is more the verse and the other one is the chorus, because then it comes back to that do-do-do-do-do-do-do, and they do that all the way through the song. Yeah, and usually when there's doubled unison lines, you got to plan that, because you know you can't read the other guy's mind. Yeah, exactly. And it differs from band to band, but in a lot of these stylings I'm going to play tonight, the prog metal piece is typically the very heavily structured part. And that's a wide difference from the jazz component, where it is the jamming and the soloing, right? Yeah. And bands like Allman Brothers and Leonard Skinner did that shit all the time because they had some, you know, multiple guitar players. Well, I've talked about before, Allman Brothers, I think, has a very, very heavy jazz element to it. Oh, totally. Absolutely. But Polyphia's kind of gone away from this styling a little bit. Lately, they've been adding this virtuoso steel string acoustic guitar to prog metal sections. And I talked about this a couple of episodes ago. This is a styling that Trevor Rabin's done a couple of times, too. So something kind of new that we're seeing out here on the leading edge. Yeah, yeah. Now, 2011, this becomes the banner year for me for jazz metal, where a lot of bands pick this up and really start running with it. There are five different jazz metal bands that start in 2011. For me, this is kind of where it... The big bang. Yeah, where it really gets going. And it really explodes internationally as well. Modern Day Babylon, I cannot say enough about this band. They're a Czech band that originally started as a solo vehicle for the guitarist Thomas Raklavsky, and now they're a trio, and that seems permanent. And they've got three studio albums and two EPs, but give this a listen. love that track that is undefeated from the ep of the same name i faded that clip in in the middle of one of the heavier prog metal constructions but i really like how it jumps to that open guitar yep and this one has you know no lyrics but it has those vocal ooze in it i really like that so much metal to me as not a metal guy seems like it never lets up Mm-hmm. And it sounds like these guys are saying, you know, we need a palate cleanser. We need to take a breath, man. That's interesting because I think there's a flip side to that same coin. You talk about metal can be monotonous and needing to take a breath. Sometimes I find the long, airy nature of prog jazz to be boring, where you're listening to the solo that's endless. It's just noodling and noodling and noodling and noodling and comping underneath. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I really like the prog metal structures that come in and break it up and give it some drive behind it. Kind of the inverse of what you were just saying. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I think Craig is absolutely right. A lot of metal, especially speed metal, math metal, mm-hmm. it is pedal to the metal the whole way. Yeah, right. Beginning to end. <laughs> and I'd say the past 15 years, the variance that some of those bands have been doing is to take more of a poppy break or a more straight-ahead rock break. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing here is instead of doing that, let's take a jazz break. Yeah, it's a stylistic break. Mm-hmm. When I listened to some of like what Lee was just playing, you had the really hard thrashy gent, and then it goes into this airier part. And what was really getting me out of the airier part was the emotion mm-hmm. of it, right? Like it felt okay. emotive to me. Interesting. That track and the EP are titled Undefeated, again from Modern Day Babylon. But let me play another one for you and see what you think of this. could not be clearer to me <laughs> yeah. prog metal to start and then just seamlessly it turns into this soloing yeah. vehicle mm-hmm. for that really light guitar yeah and it's absolutely the voicing and the emotion in it yeah you bet. all right we're still in 2011 and out of australia comes a guy and a band called Pliny. again it starts as a solo vehicle for him but now he has a drummer and a bassist and i believe that's a stable trio He only has two albums out so far and a handful of EPs, but I am thoroughly impressed with what he does. Craig, I picked this clip out specifically for you because it reminds me of something. I just want to see what you think of it. Does that remind you of anything? I feel like it's a quiz. I don't know the answer. Well, it's the first time you've heard it. I think the beginning of that really has a very Mahavishnu feel to it. Oh, totally. That could be John McLaughlin on Birds of Fire. Yeah, absolutely. And then it just goes right into the prog metal. That track was kind from the album Sunhead. Plenty does great, great stuff. Here's another one. That's the title track from Plenty's album, Impulse Voices. And Tony, I hear a lot more of the emotive quality in that when it goes back to the prog metal. Yep. So, love Plenty. Like it. Great stuff. I have really gotten into this band out of Canada called Intervals. They have been around since 2011. Their jazz metal tends to be very discreet. You can really pick it out like Plenty. Plenty. 
I really like that. Intervals is such a good band. I'm really loving this band. That song was Epiphany from the album In Time. Now, I'm going to be the counterpoint here again. Yeah. That sounded just all prog metal to me. Interesting, because I thought the first part was really heavily jazz-influenced. Yeah, I feel like that's so much lighter than prog metal. The bass player is out there doing his own little solos on top, way up on the neck. And if you looked at that on a spectrum analyzer, there'd be room. I don't disagree with that. It's just vibe, call it that, whatever. Like That would have felt in place in a prog metal track, and I don't differentiate that necessarily. Yeah. But that, I mean, we're all, that's why we're here, like unvarnished opinions and all. Well, here's another one. See what you think of this. Lots of space. Yeah. Yep. This time I get it. I love intervals. They just do that. Now we're doing gent. We're all doing the same thing. Unison lines. Okay, boom. Now we're doing light stuff and go solo, you know. Fairies and unicorns. <laughs> Fairies and unicorns. Fairies and unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The one I really got into this last summer is Outrun the Sunlight. You guys have heard me rave about these guys. Let's play Emerald Joy from A Vast Field of Silence. The jazzier side's not quite as light and open on that. Not quite as much differentiation, but the prog metal, very distinct. Mm -hmm. That was a weird time signature, too. Yeah. That actually had a structure of two competing forces. So it actually felt like the lighter part and the heavier part were in conflict. Hmm. Going back and forth, right? Adversarial structure. Sure. Hmm. I loved that part. The album that this comes from, A Vast Field of Silence, I just cannot put it down. They have four studio albums and a number of EPs, but I'm going to also play Zero Dimension from A Vast Field of Silence. So, Tony, you were nodding your head quite a bit during that track. So, that absolutely felt like I could definitely tell the heavier part. And then when it went into the lighter part, the emotive part of it felt yeah. jazzy and not just pop or rock. I agree. It started out just as a duo in Chicago in 2011, but it has since grown to a four-piece and now a five-piece band. And I can't wait to see them live. I hope they come through soon. And finally, the last band out of this period in 2011 is I Built the Sky.
That song was Wormhole Traveler from the album The Zenith Rise. Man, I don't know who that reminds me of, but it reminds me of somebody, and I really expected words to come in right there. Interesting. I like that. Yeah, I really liked it. My initial reaction when it went from the heavier part to the lighter part was, I don't get the jazz. And then the building, I was like, absolutely, I get the jazz. Yeah. And then I was really taken by the synths and samples that were underneath that. Okay. I like the band, and I like the album. But sometimes it seems to me, like in that track, that they just took two unrelated songs and merged them together, where the first one will suddenly stop, and then the second one just picks up. But they don't do it all the time. Here's a different example. This song is called Up Into the Ether from the same album. one I like a lot more because the same key signature, you can kind of hear the transition building. It makes more sense to me. When bands stitch things together, because that's a pretty common songwriting thing, I think the key is to not be able to see the seams. Yeah, I agree. No scar tissue. And tonally, what I was going to say is that that sounds all like Arch Echo. Yeah. Well, interesting because we jumped from 2011 right to 2017 with Arch Echo. And I don't have enough superlatives about how great this band is. Joey Rizzo on keys, fantastic keyboardist. Adam Rafowitz on guitar, Joe Calderon, Richie Martinez. But they kind of take this style and they go crazy with it. So this is Aurora from the album. You won't believe what happens next. And then here is, this one is just insane. This is Muck Duck from the same album. Just like, how do you even count that? You don't. (laughs) You feel it. You feel it, man. (laughs) We've talked before in the prog metal scene that Dream Theater has been the standard bearer for a long time, and we think that maybe Haken is taking that place or someone else. I absolutely think that Arch Echo is the standard bearer for this subgenre. I do, too. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put that, because anything I pick up by Arch Echo, my jaw drops. And then there's a bunch of bands that I think sort of skirt the edges of jazz metal, but don't really spend a lot of time hanging out there. One of them is this fantastic band out of Germany called Seven for Four. They form after Liquid Tension Experiment starts. 
but they're kind of hit and miss. They've only done four studio albums over 15 years. I'm not even really sure they're still together anymore. And they can really jump around and vary on styles. There's a band I listen to called Joseph Magazine out of Poland who does a lot of this, but they only did one album and then they disbanded and now it's a different band. Hmm. Um, we've gotten into arguments on this Reddit thread over a band called Cloud Kicker. I find Cloud Kicker to be way more grungy and kind of the same with Vitalism. So there you go. That's kind of what I would call jazz metal in a nutshell. And at least for this point in time, I think this is where the leading edge of Prague is riding right now. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm glad that you're exploring this as a genre. It's all the things that I like about regular metal, and it takes out the stuff that I don't like. <laughs> Interesting. So like every one of these bands are bands that I'm going to listen to. Well, for me, it's everything I like about prog jazz, mm-hmm. but take out kind of the boring and stuff that slows it down. I think we're saying the same thing and coming at it from different angles. I think we are too. Yeah, it's exactly right. You know, Tony talked about prog metal with me, and when we did that episode, we talked about he comes at it from metal side, mm-hmm. learning to love prog, and that kind of leads you to a set of bands, whereas I come at it more from a prog rock or a rock leading down into metal, and that leads you into a whole another set of bands as well. So mm-hmm. yep. I think you can approach this from different directions. I yeah, think you're right. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I like this. Yeah. So what does this matter? Well, because the next time Wikipedia gets updated under the prog subgenres, my name better show up under jazz metal. Lee and UP3 show, we were the first to identify it. (laughs) And of course, I'm joking. It doesn't matter. These sub-labels in prog, do the bands care? No. You know, Tosin Abasi could care less what we label his next album. Well, we don't have record stores with bin labels and things like that anymore, so... Yeah, exactly. That is why it matters. You shouldn't have to go diving into Reddit to go find bands that are similar to what you enjoy. There should be some consistency in the labeling. So when you go to Rasputin or Spotify or Pandora or whatever, that you can much more easily find bands that play in the musical styles that you enjoy. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to, why do this. And just to turn you guys on to a bunch of bands we haven't really talked about before. It's like a real long unheard of. Yep, and absolutely, as I always say, right? Like, if you know of bands, tell us. Yeah, absolutely, DM us. I'd love to hear people go, man, I really wish you had included this band. Give us your un- unvarnished opinion. <laughs> we want our audience's <laughs> my unvarnished opinion. Thanks for letting me do this, guys. Thanks, Dude, Thanks Lee. for putting it together. This was wonderful. I think Lee makes a really compelling case there, and I think that, as I said, we're probably at the beginnings of a, a new nascent subgenre. Thank you for bringing that and sharing that, Lee. Yep. As we usually do, we try to talk about recommendations. Lee, what are your recommendations for this? You know, I think this episode is one giant recommendation, so I tried to put all the tracks and titles and artists in. So, listeners, just pick out the two or three you like and go explore. Awesome. And give us your feedback if you agree. Absolutely. As we exit, as always, don't forget you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, now known as X at UP3Show and Mastodon at UP3Show on the Mastodon.social server. Email us what you think to UP3Show at gmail.com. We definitely want to hear from you guys about what topics you would like us to cover, your opinions, where you think we got it right and where you think we got it wrong. If you want to give the show some support, it's super easy. You can support us non-financially by subscribing on Podbean at UP3Show.podbean.com or wherever it is 
places that you get your podcasts. Also, please take a moment to write a review if your platform of choice supports that. This helps to make sure that the show pops up wherever people search for things. And if you would like to support the show financially, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash up3show. We'd love it if you'd show us a little bit of support there. It helps us pay for things like hosting. And with that, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey folks, Tony here. If you made it this far, congratulations. You're getting everything you can out of this podcast episode. As a reminder, we're a podcast about commentary and opinion on prog music. We use samples of music to make our point and to teach others. We make no claim of copyright to any of the music featured in our samples and strongly recommend that you support the artists we talk about by buying their albums and merchandise or seeing them live. If you're an artist and you'd like for us to change how we've used your content on the show, please contact us directly so that we can work together.